Here we, here we go again. It's the Wild Lives Podcast. Let's have a dream which isn't under control. What's stopping you? And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That wanderlust that exists within us all. In an inspired moment, he burned the last cash in his wallet. Do not try this at home. Oh, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Wild Lives Podcast. I hope you're all feeling a million trillion bucks. My name is Rye, and on this episode, we're going to be sinking our teeth into a side of van life and travel that definitely affects all of us, and it's that big bad world called budget. But we're about to find out it may not be as scary as what you first think. Can you travel on a shoestring budget? Have you tried? Or maybe you are right now. Because you're about to meet Ben and Lucy from Ruster Road Trips who will make you question just what we're spending those hard-earned travel bucks on. Plus, they have some pretty incredible insight into that age-old question of experiences versus expenses. I think very simply it just comes down to experiences are worth more to us than money. Money can come and go, but your memories will be with you for a lifetime. We just savour experiences over spending and I think it works for us every single time. And we do feel completely fulfilled. Yeah. We really do. I don't think there's anything that I miss on these trips whatsoever. No. You know, we might be living worse in the sense that we're eating like leftovers and stale bread and scraping our meals together just to get by, but we're having the most amazing experiences that we couldn't have any other way. Yeah, these two have years of experience behind them and some really top-notch stories that I think we all need to hear. But get in touch with us via the Instagram. It's wild.lives if you have anything to contribute to this conversation whatsoever. But here we go, Ben and Lucy from Ruster Road Trips. How are you guys feeling? We're really good, thank you. So lovely to be speaking to you. Yeah. Oh, and vice versa. Now, you're both living a lifestyle that I think we all initially have dreams of pursuing when setting off on an adventure, and that's watching our wallets and prioritizing the experiences over the luxuries. Have you always had this discipline from the very beginning? So we've always been on a strict budget. We were on a strict budget when we converted the van of maybe about £1,000. We had to do everything using like, you know, reclaimed materials, secondhand items to bring down the price. And then I guess we just carried that ethos over into our travels. We just set ourselves a budget of £10 each a day and um, lived wow. on that quite comfortably, I'd say. We actually managed to average about £7 a day at one point because we were so good at saving <laughs> and just cut corners wherever we can because the less money we spend on, you know, expensive attractions and meals out, the more money we have to go further with our travels. Put in the tank. Yeah. Put in the tank. Something else worth noting as well, where we live, again, is a very expensive place to live if you live in a house. So because we don't have any income during the winter, it actually works out cheaper for us to travel halfway across Europe and have these awesome experiences than it would to rent out a place to live yeah. you know, in a house right. where we live here. So it's, it's actually so much cheaper for us to have all these amazing experiences every year than it would be to be rooted. Yeah, we live on about, we average about £600 a month when we're traveling and the cost of rent alone in Cornwall, England is about £800 a month and that's without any bills. Well, that is actually unbelievable because so many people roll down to their local cafe to start their day and they would probably blow that seven quid before 7am. So has this come naturally to you both or have you had to develop uh, some patterns or break some patterns to put this lifestyle into place? I think actually it's come quite naturally to me. Lucy might have a differing opinion, but I feel like, yes, yeah, come quite naturally. I've never been one for sort of spending lots of money anyway. I've always had not lots of money to spend. So I think I've just naturally kind of adapted to that situation and applied it to our travels. 
sometimes we can be on like two sides of the coin. Sometimes Ben just wants to throw money at a problem and get it fixed. And I'm the one that's saying, like, no, let's just think this through <laughs> pragmatically. Let's just try and solve it, fix it ourselves. And then we end up saving money that way. Yeah, I can't deny that happens <laughs> from time to time. <laughs> oh, trust me. I think we're all guilty of that. But there must be so many obvious expenses that are completely unavoidable, like your food and your fuel. But would you say you're gaining more from spending less? Yeah, definitely we could say so. that, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> On our weekly budget, we have about a weekly budget of £140. That does vary depending on how cheap the country is. And we worked out we'd spend between 80 and 100, 100 of that. Is that right? On fuel, depending on how far we're traveling, and 20 to 40 of that on food. And then we don't really have any other expenses, do we? Because we don't stay on campsites. We get a water for free. That's amazing. And yeah, yeah so that keeps us, you know, a bit of excess money to play with, I think, in terms of contingency funds. Yeah. The other thing I would say as well is our style of travel is slow travel. So we don't just sort of rush through places. We take our time, really get a good feel for the place, and it actually ends up saving us money and we can go further that way. Spend longer in, in smaller places and yeah. our fuel money goes a lot further, which enables us to travel for mm. months and months and months on yeah. A shoestring budget. Absolutely. And it also must mean so much more when you're going out on trips as, as big and as long as what yours are. Uh, do you have any personal tips on how we can all eat cheaper out there on the road? Yeah, certainly. I think the most important thing is just to eat actually vegetarian food. I know it might not be for everyone, but it means you can just keep it without having to run a fridge constantly. It doesn't go off and it's much safer. And you can buy vegetables and potatoes much, much cheaper than meat. And we normally tend to cook up uh, three-day meals at a time, so we just leave it and we have a massive pot of stew, a massive pot of chili, or a massive pot of curry, and we just help ourselves to it as and when we want, and it lasts for three days. So we only really need to cook twice or three times every week, which saves gas as well. All these little tiny things might seem quite insignificant, but week on week, month on month, it really does save you hundreds of pounds, actually. Yeah. And also eating locally, that's very key. Um, you know, in places like Albania and Macedonia, everyone grows their own food. And so if you can find the local market, you can go there and get vegetables at an absolutely ridiculously cheap price. You know, we can do a whole, in fact, we did a whole Christmas shopping at a market in Macedonia. And I think we did it for about 20 pounds and we bought bags and bags and go. bags of vegetables and they you, were so cheap. You actually leave feeling like you've just stolen it. You kind yeah. of feel like you shouldn't have bought all of this for <laughs> how little it costs. Like you need to go back but, and give them more money. Yeah, but it's so good. And again, it's another thing. You have those interactions with people. Avoid the supermarkets and the self-scanning machines. You can have a nice conversation with people and they ask where you're from and why are you traveling here in the winter? You know, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> always so confused. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they, these little moments, again, they just last, last forever, don't they? They do, yeah. Yeah, one million percent. And um, obviously, everyone's traveling with a different lifestyle, with different costs and different priorities. And, and there's going to be lots of differences across the board. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that everyone's going to be able to live off the same budget, right? A budget is really a personal thing, I would say. You know, not another person could just take our budget and live by that. It totally depends what your priorities are in life. You might be someone who just wants to travel a short distance or just stick to you know one country and not traveling many miles like that could save you money on diesel but then you know you might be someone that is really into like art galleries and so it's worth it to pay the entrance fee to those you might you know it depends on your interest totally and we because our main focus is our photography we kind of pr right. all our money structures our our travel i would say 
towards these photo opportunities. Perfect. Now, your photography is a great example, actually. Um, as you said, it, it, it is one of the things that guides you through and is one of the priority that takes you from A to B. But in your opinion and in your experiences, just how much of this planet is left for us to actually explore for free? It's a tough question. Very yeah, good question. very good question. I'd say starting at home where we live here, it's almost impossible. Every part of land, the land we live on is private and a commodity, which is kind of why we spend most of our time in the Balkans and Eastern Europe, because yeah. it's very much, um, how would you describe it? Free it's, and open it's and free, wild. free, open, yeah, wild completely. Like, Untouched almost. Yeah, awesome. it's not really commercialized yet. So it's a really exciting place for us to explore. It kind of feels like in many cases we're the first people to have ever been there as tourists a lot yeah. of the time. The surprise looks we get from people. Yeah. And that is really what makes it for us. It is totally. We're big believers that nature should always be enjoyed for free. We don't believe in, you know, having to pay to, to camp in wild areas and things like that. We just like to make the most of these wild areas and the more kind of undiscovered they feel, I think the more we sort of enjoy them. Absolutely. Here we, here we go again. It's the Wildlife's podcast. It's quite an unnerving feeling being on the summit of Everest. How smart was this? No injuries, nothing. Just had a fun little time in the storm. I gotta, I gotta breathe it. I gotta eat it. I gotta sleep it. Alaska to him was core survival. What would you say is your biggest drive that helps you live as consciously as what you both do? I think very simply it just comes down to experiences are worth more to us than money. Money can come and go, but your memories will be with you for a lifetime. And we're just coming to realize that more and more with every trip away we do. We're just, um, you know, we might be living worse in the sense that we're eating like leftovers and stale bread and scraping our meals together just to get by. But we're having the most amazing experiences that we couldn't have any other way. We're meeting the most amazing people. We're getting to experience all these different cultures, all these different foods, and we're just living to the fullest without really living on, on much money at all. It's incredible. Mm. And I would say another thing, specifically to wild camping everywhere and saving money by not visiting campsites, you get to meet people on the ground level in the countries. We had an amazing experience in the mountains in Albania when we tried, we tried to cross this mountain road that was literally too treacherous for our van, and it nearly completely destroyed it. We woke up in the morning to a really confused shepherd and we ended up having the most amazing half an hour conversation with him without understanding what the other person was saying whatsoever. We were drawing pictures in the, in the grass and in the, in in the, the mud gravel. and we had such an amazing exchange with this person that we would simply not have had if we had have paid for a campsite that night. Yeah. And I think that really represents what we do in general. The whole trip is we just savor experiences over spending and I think it works for us every single time. And we do feel completely fulfilled. Yeah. We really do. I don't think there's anything that I miss on these trips whatsoever. No. Oh, that is that is amazing to hear. And I think it's something that most people should take on board a little bit more, especially myself. Uh, what's your advice that you would give to anyone that is looking to cut back their van life spending? Where would be the best place to start? Hmm. I would say slow down. I would firstly just say slow down because there's no rush to see everywhere as quickly as you can. Just get a feel for it, spend some time in the area, chat to some people. If you start talking to locals, they will tell you where you can go and get the cheapest food or you find the freshest, cheapest market vegetables or the best free um, sightseeing places, you know, because every, every tourist destination behind that, there's somewhere that's free and equally as amazing, we always find. Yeah. So 
definitely start speaking to some locals. They will help you with the inside knowledge and you will find the best value places to visit. You can cut down your food easily just by reducing it to big bulk meals and only cooking a couple of times a week, saving gas. Mm -hmm. Try not to use gas for washing and stuff like that. Just use streams and rivers and... With eco-friendly soap. With, of course, with eco-friendly <laughs> soap, you know, we wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think also because we never stay on campsites, which is obviously reduces our expenses. That means that we don't have a shower. So the majority, well, we do have a shower in our van. We don't use it very often. The majority of the time we will end up swimming in a river or a lake or washing my hair in some icy mountain stream. Yeah, even in the winter. Even in the winter. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> and it's just little things like that. You know, you don't have to start off by cutting out big chunks of your spending. You can just start really small, I think. Yeah, sure. Do you choose your battles deliberately and steer away from the expensive countries and pockets in Europe that would gobble up your money quicker? I would say, like, because we're on such a tight budget, it does have its flaws sometimes because there are places we would love to spend a little bit longer, but they are just too much money or we can't afford to park in the cities or for whatever reason. But there are some particular places, namely Italy and where else would you say? Um, Greece as well, actually. Greece, they, they are yeah. beautiful countries, but they, the fuel costs, I mean, that's like two thirds of our budget every week. And the fuel costs are probably the highest in Europe. The places right. that we've visited so far yeah and that does have some drawbacks unfortunately but it also means that we can just spend longer in the other countries that we really really love places like albania and places like macedonia and we could just spend months and months there and we have <laughs> and we have <laughs> and we will spend longer there <laughs> i would say that as well like the it sounds a bit silly really but the cost of a country does kind of affect how much we enjoy it because when we're in a cheaper country we can live better on the same amount of money than when we're in an expensive country we can't live so well so we do tend to gravitate toward the cheaper countries we have we have more choices don't we you know we can we can drive further into the mountains and we can push ourselves further into these remote corners of the countries when we've got the money that will facilitate that yeah we feel sure. kind of grounded almost a bit too grounded in places like greece where we're too scared to venture too far because we'll run out of money and might yeah. not be able to get the ferry back to England. So mm. we have to prioritise and it does have its drawbacks. But overall, I would say we absolutely enjoy everything we do in these countries. Oh, yeah, totally. Even come down to something silly. Like, you know, in England, if you want to go for a coffee at Costa, it's like three or four pounds. If you want to go for a coffee with your friends in Albania, you can buy everyone a coffee for one yep. pound. Yep. It's just quality of life. Yeah. It's just better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. I can tell you in Australia, you're taking out a small loan to shout your mates that round of drinks. It's ridiculous. Um, just like any routine over a period of time, things start to feel normal and a little bit more consistent. Do you feel you've reached that level with your lifestyle and the budget you've set for yourselves? That's a good question. It's really hard to answer, I think, because we've just become kind of so used to the way we live. Mm. I guess we don't really see it as out of the ordinary anymore. Yeah. I don't, yeah, would you say? I find it quite weird, actually, when we come back and I like get to get into a hot shower or just put my clothes in the washing machine. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so easy. But just become accustomed to just doing all these things the hardest possible way, I guess. But it also feels a bit more real it's kind of it sounds kind of weird but it's almost more rewarding to sort of struggle a bit in your day-to-day -day activities rather than having these mod cons and these luxuries of you know a washing machine and a shower and all this easy stuff it makes you feel a little bit more alive i would say to just 
have this extra layer of challenge in your life. Exactly. No, I couldn't agree with you more. We're all sometimes so preoccupied with the things that we're told that we need that we definitely wouldn't recognize if they suddenly disappeared. And you must also inspire a lot of different folk who you connect with along the way. Surely you're both seeing the change you've made in people's lives after sharing your stories with them? Yeah, it's, it's such a cool feeling. But we, we get messages all the time on our Facebook and Instagram pages, people saying, you know, We've, we're deciding to do this. We've been following you for a while and now we want to do it. And it's, it's really cool to see. It is. I think we've not only like inspired people to kind of get into living and traveling in a van, but I'm really pushing for people to like work on their own vans, especially girls. You know, people have a tendency to just something goes wrong. You put it in a garage and I'm trying to encourage people to just, you know, take it hands on. Don't put yourself at the mercy of a garage and just see what you can fix and try and help people out wherever we can with mechanical advice because LDVs are notoriously awful. We've had more problems than I could possibly count with that van, but I think now we can kind of pass that knowledge on to people in a yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we've written a really good uh, page on our website about all the problems we've had and how we fixed them. And I think, yeah, we've we've really come on in that sense. We are by no means mechanics whatsoever. We knew nothing but, about it when we started. And we knew nothing. Like four years ago, five years ago, we knew absolutely nothing. I didn't even know how to use a drill. No. <laughs> But yeah, you've just got to kind of learn these things as you go, because again, you know, we save a hell of a lot of money doing it this way. And yeah, we do. It's such a good experience to actually know that you've fixed something yourself. Really makes you feel fully satisfied, I think, to yeah. know that you've done that. Here we, here we go again. It's the Wildlife's podcast. Turns out I'm terrified of heights. Alone on the road, he was looking for truth, even if it was about himself. You just drop in and just smack the lip. Isolated in a way that's like so completely unconventional. The next year and a half, he just rambled around the West. He was happy as hell. Now, life must throw you its curveballs. This is van life after all. Has it been times where you've blown your budget right out of proportion? Oh, yes. Almost, you know, every single trip we have. We have, to, we have to take a contingency fund, but that doesn't often last very long either. Always, um, sorry. We've, we've broken down in the worst of places and we've been kind of ripped off by garages. Uh, you know, people, people have an illusion that because we're English, we have lots of money and it could not be further from the truth. But um, <laughs> we, yeah, we've, we've been charged extortionate rates for the silliest of repairs, but yeah. we've, we've kind of taken lessons from this. We've really decided we need to learn a lot of uh, the mechanical side of it just as we go you know and in fact on our last trip away we broke down at the roadside i'll let lucy explain it was quite a funny story <laughs> yeah yeah so they were, we were driving along this particularly horrendous road in albania and we had this noise coming from under our van that was just getting worse and worse and eventually we were like we just need to stop and figure out what this is and uh, our shock absorber had come completely almost off so we just reattached it then and there at the roadside and like a part of our steering as well and then we carried on going. Yeah. And that could have potentially a shock, been a, a shock absorber sounds a shock absorber sounds like quite an integral and important part of a car, guys. So it usually it must is. be pretty expensive as well. It would definitely be an expensive repair, but yeah. we, we kind of fixed it all up and mm -hmm. got back on our way again. Yeah, but. like the two sides of the you know, the breakdown story as well would be like Ben was saying, on our first trip in Spain. We had a, a rear wheel cylinder go, which is a very small part of the brakes. And uh, we ended up getting charged over 500 euros to fix a job that should have cost less than 100. And then, um, you know, a few years later on our last trip, uh, we broke down because we ended up with water in our diesel from a dodgy fuel station. And we were already quite, you know, low on money at that point. And we were thinking, what are we going to do? And then we just happened to meet the loveliest people from this garage 
and they just fixed our van completely for free. They drained the fuel tank and they went and got us some new fuel for it and they replaced the fuel filter and he did not want a single penny for it. And they even gave us some Raki, which is the national drink of the Balkans. Every person you visit yes. there will give you a shot of Raki. And they were just the <laughs> loveliest people. We feel so lucky to have met them because they helped us out big time. It was such a, an amazing oh. thing to meet them. And we actually had to force them to take the money because they just wouldn't accept it. But yep. we had to give them something. But their kindness was just incredible. And this is the kind of thing that we experience all the time traveling. On a, on a budget, I think you just get to have these experiences more because you're kind of on the ground level. and Almost at the mercy of people, but in like yeah. the best kind of way. You know, Whatever the world throws at you, good or bad, you're there to experience it when you're traveling. Absolutely. And once again, it all comes back to putting yourself in that position to welcome in those human to human experiences that we can all agree are the richest parts of van life and traveling. Totally. Absolutely. You've got to be open to chance opportunities. You can never be like, okay, I'm going to go here and meet someone. It will just happen. And a perfect example of that is in Macedonia when uh, we took a wrong turn and we ended up down someone's driveway in this little village. <laughs> and this guy was just pushing a wheelbarrow along and he immediately stopped. He came over to us and he just started shouting, beer, like beer. And we were like, okay. And then we just followed him into his house and he gave us a beer. And then his wife made us some food and some coffee and everything. And he didn't speak a word of English. and We didn't speak a word of Macedonian, but we spent about an hour with this couple who were feeding us and, um, just having that half conversations, I guess. And yeah, the, the most comprehensive conversation we had was when Donald Trump appeared on the TV and he was saying that he was crazy. We understood that and, uh, quite well. That was something we all agreed on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that being said, are there parts of your van life experience that you feel like you're missing out on because you're living on a shoestring budget? For us personally, I think we really enjoy trying local food. So that's something that we will always treat ourselves to. And sometimes it's hard to push ourselves to do it without feeling almost guilty for spending the money. I think we're quite, we're quite bad sometimes about feeling guilty for wanting to treat ourselves, but you have to keep telling yourself that it's, you've got to do what makes you happy. And that's the whole point we're living like this. Got to make the ourselves... most of it while you're there. As yeah, well. exactly. It's like if it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, I mean, for example, I'm, we're both vegetarian, but there's been times where we've been in situations with locals and they've offered us meat or fish. And I've, I've tried it because not only do I not want to be rude, but it's it's a once in a lifetime thing, and I want to get as an immersive experience as possible. So I think we shouldn't feel too guilty necessarily for the odd occasional treat, but we do on the whole keep quite a tight rein in our money. I think, don't we? Yeah. Now you've both been doing this for obviously such a long time, and you're also both quite conscious of the footprint that you're leaving behind. So do you take that into consideration when it comes to your budget? You know, there's the obvious things in terms of being eco-friendly, like we try and um, not use plastic bottles wherever we can. We always fill up from like mountain springs and things like that. Again, the uh, shopping locally, that's a big one because you're reducing the amount of miles your food has traveled to almost zero. That's reducing the emissions. All the food we eat in the Balkans is organically grown by people. They can't actually afford pesticides, so that's not damaging the environment in any sense like that. Um, obviously, we drive a massive diesel van. It's never going to be fully ecological, but we live self-sufficiently with our solar panels, which are you know renewable energy, and um, we're not consuming as much like power or anything as you would in a house. Our carbon footprint is you know more than half of that of if we were living in a house. 
Yeah, wow. That speaks volumes, doesn't it? And makes van life stand up quite tall on paper. Now, you two work so well together as a team. Um, Did you both come together as individuals with the same conscious mindset towards traveling at the very beginning, which has probably allowed you to keep traveling as long as you have together? Yeah, I think think so. so. Yes, I think that's kind of what brought us together initially is we both had such similar ideas in both life and travel, I think. And I guess we, you know, we started traveling together like four years ago and how we travel has definitely evolved over that time. We've learned things, we've learned tricks, we've discovered more and more things that we enjoy doing and different styles of travel, I'd say. Well, don't let anyone stop you. Please keep us looped with all your upcoming adventures and especially all those photography projects. That sounds amazing. If you'd like to keep in touch with Ben and Lucy, skip over to fromrusttoroadtrips.com and keep this truly important conversation going. The dream is now officially alive. Thanks so much for your time, guys. We'll see you out there on the road. Yeah. Cheers. Here we, here we go again. It's the Wild Lives Podcast. <laughs>